into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And it is time for us to get into all the Buccaneers news, thoughts, comments, questions. If you would like us to answer one of your questions, make sure you head over to the Buccaneers Facebook page and you can leave your question in the comment section underneath our live videos as we give people a chance to do that. Uh, I know there's uh, been some talk about the fourth down rules, the onside kick revisions of, of trying to think of new, potentially fun ways to, to give teams more of an advantage there. So uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on some of these proposed changes and what you think they could mean. Well, I kind of like the uh, fourth and 15 onside kick alternative. It's something that has been kicked around in the media and you know behind the scenes for a couple of years now. Um, and it looks like they might be on the verge of, of putting that into play. Uh, you know, the basic idea is they made a bunch of changes to how you kick off, which has in turn made it very, very difficult for an onside kick to work. It used to be about 16% success rate, and now it's about 4 or 5%. And all those changes were made for safety reasons. So you really don't want to go – you don't want to backtrack on any of those rules. I don't think any time the NFL ever implements anything aimed at player safety does it ever go back from that. Um, so you have to come up with another way. If you look at the numbers of third and fourth down and 15 to go – uh, it's about 16%, so it's pretty much right on the money. And you do that from your own 25, so if you don't convert it, then obviously it's the same penalty as an onside kick, although maybe a little bit worse than that. You're giving the other team really good field position. But, you know, you can only have so much sympathy for a team that's a couple scores down and is looking for a way to get back into the game. You know, they should have, to keep everybody interested, there should be a way, but it shouldn't be that easy. The team that built that big lead, you know, deserves that big lead. And, and so I think it's a good compromise. And, you know, from a personal standpoint, or I guess from a Buck standpoint, I think the Bucks would be in pretty good position, one of the better teams to take advantage of this rule. Hopefully we won't be down by two scores very often. But if you are, I mean, the Buccaneers led the NFL in pass plays of 20 or more yards last year. So if you have an offense with guys like Mike Evans who can make those plays downfield, I mean, think of a great fourth and 15 or third and 15 play uh, a back shoulder sideline fade to Mike Evans. I mean, he runs that play to perfection. And now you got Tom Brady, you can probably put it right on the money. So, you know, I like the idea. And I also think that the Buccaneers would be in good shape to take advantage of it. Okay. And uh, I know that we've uh, also, we've talked so much about the offense this offseason for, for very uh, understandable reasons. But uh, the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a chance to have media availabilities. They, they don't look like they they used to. They're over Zoom. Uh, you know, normally we'd be having things like OTAs and rookie minicamp and stuff like that this time of year, and you just get a chance to hear from a bunch of guys as they come off the field or some of the guys taking the podium. But they've had um, a few players doing Zoom media availabilities, and uh, in the recent weeks it's been Sean Murphy Bunting and Devin White. And, of course, they're kind of saying, hey, uh, don't don't forget about us defensive guys. Uh, you know, we, we, we're pretty good at this football thing too. So I want to hear what are some of the things that you – got out of those media availabilities and, and their attitudes and just their um, optimism about the, the defensive side of things this year. Yeah, I think that one thing we should point out about that is the Bucks have started doing that pretty regularly, at least once a week. And this week, there's going to be two of them. And, you know, a, a fan can't get into the, the Zoom meeting in order to ask questions, but you can watch the stream live on Buccaneers.com. And Todd Bowles is going today at 2, I believe, and then Ali Marpet tomorrow at 1.30. I might have those two times backwards. I can't remember if today's 1.30 and tomorrow's 2. But anyway, come around 1.30 or so to Buccaneers.com and you can watch Todd Bowles today and Ali Marpet tomorrow. But well, I think what you were alluding to is both John Murphy Bunting and Devin White, who were both very good rookie defenders last year and are probably going to be cornerstones for this defense for a long time. Both of them made comments along the lines of, hey, we want to be 
the side, the unit, the defense that sometimes puts his team on his back and carries. And everybody knows we have Tom Brady and all these great offensive stars. But last year, the Bucks defense really came on in the second half as what was one of the better ones in the league. And, and they're confident they're going to be even better this year. So it's just good to have those young outspoken, very confident leaders on defense who want to say, hey, this isn't all just about that star-studded offense. We plan to be the reason that the Buccaneers are winning games. And, and I mean, if this defense does play like it was at the end of last year or even better, Bucks sure seem like they'll be hard to beat. I completely agree. And uh, speaking of the defensive side, Jeffrey wanted to know, do you see Shaq having double-digit sacks again this year? Yeah, I think he can get to double digits. I, you know, I wouldn't be the first to say it. And there's no reason to expect Shaq to get 19 and a half sacks before. I mean, in the first 43 years of Bucks history, the highest anybody ever had was 16 and a half. And that was by a Hall of Famer, Warren Sapp. So, you know, Shaq's 19 and a half to lead the league last year was incredible. And, um, and well, you know, every part of it was earned. I'm not saying anything like that. But sacks like interceptions can be a fickle stat sometimes. You I think Shaq could be easily be just as effective rushing the passer this year. And, and, you know, he had 78, I think, combined pressures, hurries, and sacks. And that's a ton. It was like third highest, somewhere near the highest of the league. And um, and he could do that again, but not get near 19 and a half sacks, maybe 10, 12, something like that. But certainly he's capable of it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lee wanted to know, is there any potential interest in Jamal Adams? Well, I mean, Jamal Adams' safety for the Jets, I don't know who would not be interested in Jamal Adams. He's a fantastic player. Uh, but first of all, there's no reason to believe that – I know there's been some discord there, but it appears like the Jets don't want to get rid of Jamal Adams, so it's probably a moot point. And then you also have to think about uh, what it would take if the Jets decided to trade him to somebody. It's going to take, like, pretty high draft capital to get him. Think about Jalen Ramsey – needing two first-round picks to go to the Rams. I think corner may be a somewhat more uh, premier position than safety, but it would still cost quite a bit in draft capital, I assume. And I'm not sure after just drafting Antoine Winfield this year, Mike Edwards last year, Jordan Whitehead the year before that, that the Buccaneers wouldn't rather just keep that draft capital, find out what they have at Winfield, and, and you know build their safety position out of what's already on hand. Right. Uh, Daniel asked, uh, he said, Tristan Wirfs has incredible speed and athleticism. Gronk is a great blocker. How much will that improve ball control with short yardage passes, especially yeah. the screen pass and turnovers? Yeah, well, they're both – I thought that was going to go in direction of short yardage in terms of running the ball better. Right. Uh, so I think we could do both. Little, yeah. The run game, you can, you can take it that direction too. Well – there's a lot of people that are excited about Tristan Wirfs and Rob Gronkowski lining up next to each other on that side of the line. Rob Gronkowski is obviously a phenomenal blocker and always has been huge dude. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, very athletic, uh, as I said. And the Buccaneers didn't really run the ball particularly well last year. Um, they didn't run the ball well in the formation you would expect, which is two tight ends or 12 personnel. You know, you can run or throw out of 12, obviously, and the Buccaneers, when they can put, like, Gronk and OJ or Gronk and Cam or somebody together on the field, it's going to be tough for defenses to know what's going to happen. But you also should be able to run the ball relatively well out of that, at least as well as you're running the ball out of other formations. And the Buccaneers, out of two tight end formations, only ran about 2.8 yards per carry, which isn't very good. And I think that's going to be a lot better this year. Uh, and so when you start running the ball better out of that, then obviously your short passing, your screens, your play actions are going to get better too. So 
you know, I think it'll all be better with those two additions of line. That's a great point. And I'm always amazed when you don't know these questions are coming and you can still spit out a stat like that of like, oh, you know, about two yards. You know, just somewhere around there. <laughs> I was writing uh, about it yesterday, so I had an advantage. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you didn't have to tell us. We would have just thought you had all these numbers just stored up there all the <laughs> time. Uh, Jack said, and he's, he said he's watching from Hong Kong, which is very cool. Nice. Uh, he said, wow. Devin is such a confident man. Do you think he will break out this year apart from injury? I wonder what time it is in Hong Kong right now. Yeah. I don't know the difference. I have no idea. Um, could be happier. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Devin White, barring injury, but you would say that about anybody, so there's no reason to expect him to be injured. I know he had a little misfortune with his knee early on. And that slowed down his progress, as Bruce Arian said. And then you saw him really start to um, hit his stride in the second half of the season. So let's say that doesn't happen again, because it probably won't, knock on wood. So let's say that doesn't happen again. He, he should be able to come into the season, you know, with a full head of momentum and just be that all over the field, rangy, playmaking guy. And yeah, this could definitely be a breakout year for him. I think he sort of breakout at the end of last year. But this is a guy that could take it to the next level. And if you think about that next to Levante David still going strong, we always talk about how the Bucks have probably the best wide receiver duo in the league. Those two could probably make a, a case this year if Devin White really does break out for the best inside linebacker duo in the league, which would be exciting. Yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah, Levante is probably one of the people I'm most excited for the fact that we have gotten Brady and Gronk, that now more people hopefully are going to see how amazing he's been for so long that we've all known about it. Um, Rob, yeah. who's watching from Denmark, uh, wanted to know what are our predictions on the Bucks record? You know, I did a, a thing the other day where I took other people's predictions, media, you know, ESPN.com, NFL.com, various sites, and uh, what their win predictions were, uh, what the power polls are. Actually, power polls was something different, but win predictions. And just about every outlet I could find had the Bucks in double-digit wins. Not everybody has us overcoming the Saints yet, and, and that's, that's like the next hurdle for this Buccaneers team. Back in the 90s, the first thing the Bucs had to do as they started to rise to prominence, uh, you know, they made it back to the playoffs in 97, um, made it to the NFC Championship game in 99. But the team that was always in the way, uh, the hurdle that they had to clear was Green Bay. And they were winning the NFC Central. They had Brett Favre. He had the great Warren Sapp, Brett Favre battles. Uh, the Bucs finally started to overcome the Packers in like 98 and 99. And then you saw that continued. And then they had to beat the Eagles, who they couldn't get past. And that and then got to the Super Bowl. This Bucks team that is hoping to get back to the playoffs and into long drought, it's the Saints that are standing in the way. The Saints have won the last three divisions. They were 13 and three last year, and they can match Tom Brady with Drew Brees. And they've got a good defense with a great off with a great pass rush. They've got a great offensive line. Uh, I forgot where this question started. Griffin <laughs> on the Saints. It was just what you think the record is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So if you if if I were just to agree, because obviously. People are going to think we're going to be homers here. So if we just agree with what the outside media is saying, Bucks are in the 10 to 11 win range, but that won't necessarily be enough to win the division. So that's going to be interesting. But I think double digits is, is the starting point for this team. Um, if you see odds makers, I think they usually put us at the over-under at about 9.5 wins. So 10 is what I think is the baseline expectation. Obviously, we're hoping for more like 11 or 12. Yes, for sure. Um, and it worked out really well that you happened to bring up the Saints because our next question is from Kenneth, and he said, what's the key to stopping Breeze and Thomas this year? And he said, we got to take the division over again. So, yeah, so the idea of how to, yeah. how to, how to beat Breeze and Thomas, which, you know, I'm pretty sure if, if we knew the answer to that, uh, a lot of people in the league would be paying us a lot of money. 
yeah, Michael Thomas to me, the Breeze to Michael Thomas combination, which by the way, when you and I and Carmen were doing a roundtable week a couple weeks ago, and one of the questions was, what's the biggest challenge for the Bucks offense, defense? My answer was Drew Brees to Michael Thomas. And it just, everybody knows it's coming, and yet you can't stop it. He's, he's very, he's good at physically beating people, you know, like, uh, you know, if the press or it breaks, and he's just such a good route runner. And then Drew Brees is so precise with his passes that you can know what's going to happen, and he still catches seven, eight, nine passes on you. And by the end of the year, he's got 100, I think he had 145 receptions. So in 16 games, that's like nine a game. So I think that probably the key is, accept the fact that Drew Brees is going to complete some passes to Michael Thomas, but keep them from being big plays. And uh, so sometimes with some of, the, some of the best players you face on either offense or defense, you know they're going to, they're going to have some success against you. You just got to try to limit it. Mm -hmm. uh, we also got a response from our uh, guy watching from Hong Kong. He says it's uh, 10 p.m. So he said, yes, happy hour. <laughs> which, <laughs> wow, which it's I been know. a long happy hour. Okay. I know, right? Yeah, happy hour is plural. Uh, Dennis wanted to know, what will Keyshawn Vaughn's role be? Well, if you take what the Bucks had last year and their primary carries were split between Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, and now Peyton Barber isn't uh, with us anymore, He's, a, he's with Washington now. Keyshawn Vaughn, to me, would easily, at the baseline, step in there and take those number of, of snaps that Peyton Barber was getting uh, after the two, Ronald Jones became the starter about the uh, eighth game in and then was a starter rest of the way and, and then got more snaps. And he ended up with, I think, something like 172 carries to Peyton Barber's 145 or something like that. So you could probably start that as the baseline because I think from comments you hear from both, Bruce Arians and Jason Light is that there just aren't many teams anymore that are just giving all their carries or 95% of their carries to one back. You know, most teams are using a variety of running backs, and I think that's what we're going to be like. Uh, Keyshawn, I think, could expand his role beyond that if he proves to be a good pass catcher and not just a guy screen passes, but actually splitting out and running some routes. That's what we're going to find out. They think he's capable of doing that. We're going to find out if he can do that on the NFL level, and if he can, I think you could see his role expand. But in the very least, I think he's part of the one-two punch with Ronald Jones. Okay, and uh, Christopher wanted to know, do you think we'll see O.J. Howard play more than last year, or were, will we see more Cameron Brait? So which one of those guys do you think we're going to see more playing time from? Yeah, I don't think you probably would expect O.J. Howard if to play more than he did last year when you've added Rob Gronkowski to the mix. So I guess the question is who's going to play more, O.J. Howard or Cam Brait? Um, just based on the snaps last year, O.J. Howard played significantly more than Cam in games where they were both healthy. Uh, so I wouldn't expect that to change. But I'm interested to see how all that shakes out. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be creative with those three guys, and I'm sure they'll have a good role for Cam Brate, especially in the red zone where he's always proven to be so effective. I mean, he's 24 touchdowns over the last four years. That's fourth among all tight ends in that span, and almost all of those are on plays that – or snapped inside the opponent's 20. So uh, that's where his, his bread and butter is. And he's said that before, like his sweet spot is around the 15 yard line. Uh, so I think he's still quite a weapon there. Uh, but if you ask me which one I think will get more snaps overall, probably OJ Howard. Okay, and Cash said, do you think Scotty Miller is gonna be placed in more packages? That probably depends on how, uh, how good Tyler Johnson proves to be. I mean, last year, Brashad Perryman was your three. 
And if you look at it, the snaps, the snap differential between Brashad and Scotty Miller when the, all the receivers were healthy was pretty wide. Brashad was taking almost all the third receiver snaps and Scotty was getting, you know, maybe 10 a game or something like that. And then there were two games where Brashad was out and Scotty Miller played a ton of snaps. And then he got a little bit more towards the end of the year before he hurt his hamstring. Um, so to me, if Tyler Johnson quickly grabs that third receiver role, then Scotty's probably in the same position again, getting his snaps where he can and, and, and getting more when some guys are out with minor injuries. Uh, but on the other hand, Scotty, I'm sure, is going to come into this camp whenever it happens with his goal of winning the third receiver job. And, um, you know, that speed he's got is real. He might be the fastest receiver on the team. And when you go to three wide receivers, we often put Godwin, Chris Godwin, into the slot where he was very effective last year. And, and if you put Scotty on the outside where he mostly played, you've got that guy that can clear out the defense, maybe make some big plays, but at the very least sort of clear out the defense to give more room for Chris Godwin working over the middle of the field. So uh, it's going to come down to who really wins the primary third receiver job between those two guys and maybe Justin Watson. But um, so that's what, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, and we'll close with this. I think the name is Esai. I hope I didn't. Uh, botch that. Isai said, which position group will have the biggest battle this year? Ooh, that's a good one. Sounds like a good roundtable discussion. Corners, uh, you know, safety. Uh, that would be one. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with safety. I think uh, at most, most spots, at the first two levels on defense, the starters are probably pretty close to set. Um, and then on offense, you, you can predict the offensive line. You know who the tight ends are going to be playing, quarterback, receivers. Yeah, I think it's got to be safety. And uh, that's a lot of young guys, including a rookie that they're really high on, uh, that have to sort out. And that doesn't necessarily mean just two guys win and everybody else watches. Uh, Todd Bowles will do some stuff with free safeties, and they'll have different packages. So we'll see how that goes, but I think that's probably the best battle. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, to all of you guys for being with us and for those awesome questions. And we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.